Welcome everybody to M-Class Email. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm the other guy, other Jeff, Josh. Other Jafosh. Jafosh. On this program, we sit down with your emails and pick them apart. Ha ha, how about that yeah, shit? We, and we say, this one's dumb. Ha ha, <laughs> gotcha, idiot. Nah, we read your emails and we give thoughtful, respectful responses. As long yeah. as you're respectful. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. It's a easy, it's easy. Super easy. <laughs> it's super easy not to be a dickhead, it turns out. Just be nice to us. We need it. We deserve it. We do deserve it. We're two gr- wild and crazy guys. Wild and crazy guys. <laughs> That's a reference. Yes, it is. Everybody Ooh. over 40 is like, ha ha ha. Um, That's from that show. Um, Our first email of the evening is the last email we got from Lee like five weeks ago at the same time. Okay. Thanks for okay. the emails, Lee. It is entitled Replicators. Okay. Hey, Trek boys who are men who are boys. These are song references, by the way. Yeah, yeah. What are That's your thoughts cool. on replicator technology? Do you think it's amazing yeah. or a total waste of dilithium energy? <laughs> what are your thoughts about a level of technology where you could just have stuff all the time? Would you be more wasteful or would you cherish that stuffed bunny your parents saved up for? Also, why are they saving up for stuff? Is replicator technology so hard on the warp core? Well, I guess you're referencing Voyager, how they yeah like, they ration the replicators, but not like, but not the holodeck. They say no. they're rationing it, but no, the holodeck they let run so so much that an Irish guy becomes sentient because <laughs> the captain wants to get down on that Irish D. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right. Well, uh, like, I think replicator technology is the coolest technology because it's the technology yeah. that could most save the human race today yeah, if we had it's, it yeah it's it's incredible it's fucking it's like the most amazing thing right even if we just had like food replicators right or food sequ- food resequencers from TOS even if we had that yeah. shit right it could change the world entirely it'd be amazing um, would you cherish items more if you could replicate them? It would make like antique items more valuable, not necessarily valuable monetarily, but more like cherished. Yeah, like emotionally. Know? Well, because they're think, not making that anymore, right? Like, I think we li- we would live in a future like the post scarcity society, post money society where anyone can do anything they want. So you would have a right. lot of people who are like skilled craftsmen. Yeah. Like people would yeah, people would choose to do that. I mean there's people who do yeah. that now. Like that guy who's that blacksmith who makes those Ulfbert swords. Like that guy just does oh, that because yeah, he wants he to. fucking loves it. The thing yeah. is like if your parents replicated you a stuffed bunny, you might still love it. You might st- but you probably wouldn't right. cherish it into your adulthood. But if your parents got a skilled craftsperson to make you a stuffed bunny. Yeah. You would cherish that your whole life. Right. I feel like there wouldn't be like, it would be like the difference between mass produced goods, how we Mm -hmm. used to look at them as, as compared to today and like, right. Homemade things, how it's much more like emotion. There's a much more emotional attachment to stuff. That's like one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think that that's probably what would happen. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it would. 
I don't think people would be more wasteful because like it, you wouldn't be wasteful. Like it, it's like impossible to kind of be wait unless you're like sitting in your quarters and you're ordering like fifty five chocolate cakes. <laughs> but then you could just like you re- put them back like, in. You just it, put them back in. Yeah, it resequences it yeah. back to its base carbon materials. It turns it into matter again. Yeah, like whatever energy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think people would be more wasteful. I think there's a there's an element of Star Trek that's sort of overlooked a lot that um I mean like a lot of people who are in the Star Trek also kind of like ignore on purpose or kind of turn their nose up at mm-hmm. that humanity has evolved somewhat from where we're at now into the future like right. we've become less commercialized and more honest with ourselves. Yeah, we're not subject to that anymore in in star trek world like we don't care about like getting the new iphone no <laughs> you know like that doesn't matter anymore we're, we're much more honest with ourselves in the future about what really matters to us yeah and we're that honesty translates to cherishing the things we cherish openly and without right. any sort of like embarrassment about fear it. Of ju- yeah, fear of judgment. So yeah. I feel like it would be like if you went into Riker's quarters, there would be his stuffed bunny on a shelf. Right, he would. He'd be like, that "That's he, my bunny that he'd had since he was a kid," because it was he stood in for his father because his father or his left mother. him. <laughs> Or his mother who died. Yeah, his mother died. His father left him when he was like 13. So, Join the club, Riker. <laughs> yeah, but d- did your father leave you with no one to take care of you in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> the bears took care of him. The Coca-Cola polar bears took care of him. <laughs> Quit your crying. You got all the Coke in the world. Lee says, if I had access to replicators, I know I would test to see what I could get away with. Some of that dub dub reels of cocaine and the sword from the original Conan movie. <laughs> those, those all three are very good. I don't think it would replicate cocaine. Probably not. I feel Maybe like weed though. I feel like weed would be fine. I feel like everybody yeah. by that point would have been like, "Yeah, weed is just a plant that you smoke." Like right. people still smoke pipes and shit in the future. Yeah. So yeah, why does it matter? Uh, cocaine like, is like a hard ass fucking drug that destroys yeah, you. So yeah, probably cocaine not. Will, cocaine kills you. It like ruins your life and kills you. Yeah. Uh, the I sword mean, from the Conan incredible. movie for sure. You could replicate no, that. that. That would definitely. You'd have to go to that kiosk though, that where Worf picks out those plates. <laughs> he actually has a photo of that in the email of Worf at the kiosk. Yeah, that little that replicator kiosk, and the yeah. kid gets a bunny rabbit. He gets plates. Yeah, the the bunny rabbit is materializing in the background of the image. <laughs> um, also, why can they create delicious ice cream sundaes, but they can't make real alcohol versus synthahol? I think we've talked about this before. They can, yeah. I think we've talked about this before. The only reason synthahol is a thing is because of, like, alcohol snootiness. Yeah. Like, people who are really into alcohol turn their nose up at replicated alcohol. Yeah, they don't don't drink that. They drink, like, distilled real alcohol. Like, I mean, like, I know there are some fans of this show, like, hardcore fans, who are really, like, big into, like mixology and like drinks went, and stuff yeah. like that even the movie cocktail starring tom cruise <laughs> the greatest movie yeah next to uh beastmaster 2 portal through time <laughs> uh, what it like 
even you guys, like Boston Sean, I'm specifically applying this to, even you can admit that there's a definite snootiness to being into alcohols. Yeah, it's it's rampant, especially now with all the craft brew shit going on, you know? Like, it's everyone's got, it's like, fine. their, like... Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Everybody has their thing that they're really into that they maybe can get a little snooty about. Sure. Uh, mine is wieners. I don't know what mine is. Mine's mine's cocaine. Cocaine. So. <laughs> get snooty about? Yeah, and replicated Conan swords. Those are my two things that I'm very uh, snotty about. I don't Let know if I'm... see that this cocaine has some uh, baby powder in it. That's going to mm. cause you to shit your pants. <laughs> I don't know what I'm snooty about. I think I understand... Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty snotty about yeah, Star Trek. We are Trek. pretty snooty about Star Trek. You're right. <laughs> Thanks for the email, Lee. You've made me see myself for who I am. <laughs> A monster. A Star Trek monster. Our next email is from Jeff... Spelled mm-hmm. G-Off, as I always like to point out. Yep. Uh, it's entitled Trek Comics. Mm-hmm. Hiya, Trek fellas. Big fan of social distancing and flattening the curve. Mm-hmm. I recently got a handful of Trek comics online from IDW. I'll attach some of the titles in a picture. So far, so far, like, you guys can't see the picture, so fuck you. No, no, they can't. Um, so far, they've been some good reads, and I'm curious to know if you have any further recommendation for Star Trek comics outside of IDW. Like, DC, Marvel? Yeah, DC and Marvel at different times both had, like, control of the rights of Star Trek comics. Yeah, this is a you question. I don't really yeah. know. I only have the comic that Rachel gave me with uh, Ripped Picard. It's an IDW. That's IDW? Yeah. Okay. Like, all the modern Star Trek comics are IDW publishing. And they're good, for the most part. Like, there are some that are absolutely ridiculous, like that one. That one's crazy, yeah. Yeah, like, I have that one as well. It's super funny. <laughs> um, I want a poster of it. I just want to get a giant poster <laughs> of it. Um, in my experience, I've not read a ton of DC Comics run of uh, Star Trek, but um, it's not great they don't like the writers don't really get star trek very much um marvel's run of star trek comics are the ones that um take place during the 90s for the most part that aren't just tng they um have deep space nine comics voyager comics um that's cool there are no enterprise comics to my knowledge besides maybe idw but um i don't even know if there's enterprise books i mean i'm assuming there is but i I, I don't know but uh, Marvel's writers have like a 50-50 of be- sort of getting Star Trek and not. Yeah. And um, they're they're not bad, though. They're pretty good. I like them. They're old-ass gold key comics that are all TOS comics. Those are hilarious. <laughs> you should oh, get God. those. They're so fucking out there and weird. It's like... It's the- like- Animated series. Animated series, yeah. In say, comic like boiling, book form. Boiling down the animated series even more. Yes. It's just like even more insane. It yeah. is absolutely insane. Um, there is a uh, Instagram that I follow called Star Trek Comics. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what the exact at is. Let me look at my, uh, my fucking Instagram feed. But they post a, from all the different Star Trek comics. They post um, pages and images from literally everything. That's awesome. 
and that's how I've learned uh, what to read and what not to read. <laughs> My God, I cannot f- fucking... Uh, it's star underscore Trek underscore comics. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to look at that. You should. Um, I, I followed them because they posted um, Rule of Acquisition... They they like posted like some images or something, but they res- uh, had like a rule of acquisition thing with like a rap lyric behind it, and <laughs> I responded, "Rule of acquisition number four thousand and thirty. Record executives are dirty." <laughs> and he fucking like liked it, and he was like, "Dude, I fucking love that." And That's we became friends, and like actually send messages and shit through Instagram. That's cool. That's awesome. So you should for you got, sure you fall slid into them DMs. I did. Dude. <laughs> Those track DMs. Those track DMs. Uh, so you should for sure follow that account. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> uh, also, with all this quarantine time on your hands due to the big sickly, how are you spending your time? Go boldly, Jeff, chief procrastinator aboard the USS. Yes, I do need a two-hour lunch break. Uh, well, I've taken up naps more, which, if you can believe, is a thing that I do more of now. Um, <laughs> my panic good. attacks have been keeping me pretty busy. They, it's, um, it's a busy time. What else? Uh, playing video games. Playing some video games. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hold up at my mom's, so I'm just on the Wi-Fi playing ESO. It's working pretty good. I'm on the 5G. It's not bad. <laughs> thought about buying a monitor, just because fuck it. If the world's going to end, why not get a monitor? <laughs> Uh, I've been on the other side of the... I feel like there are two sides to the spectrum to this whole ordeal. Yeah. For, for, like, people who aren't, like, super affected by it anyway. I'll put that in asterisks. But there's the right, side that, right, like, right, right. don't really know what to do with their time. That have, like, too much and it's, like, crushing. Yeah. And then there's my side where uh, my wife uh, doesn't get to go to work anymore. So our income is cut by 75%. Our family yeah. income. So I have been um, panic working as hard yeah. and as fast as I possibly can to bring in yeah. more money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing about all this, is, like, even if you're not affected by it, like... You are affected As much, it. like, you you are, like, you yeah. are. Nobody right? is like, unaffected. Yeah, it, it's that's how fucking crazy and how, that's like, how scary it is, yeah, right? like, I worked from home. So like the fact that yeah. I have to stay home shouldn't be that much of a big deal, but like right, but it, I'm but it scrambling is. to try and make enough money to like be able to keep up with rent and bills and shit because like I yeah. said, we lost seventy five percent of our income. Like my yeah, income ridiculous. is like a baby's income compared to my wife Crystal's. She's like the right. real pants of the family. Yeah, and uh, I am scared. Please send me your money. Yes, that would be that would be great. <laughs> Um, so that's <laughs> what I've been. I also spent. I did spend fourteen dollars during this. It's all I've spent so far. I bought Doom, yeah. the twenty sixteen Doom for PS four, and Darksiders one, and I got them both for fourteen bucks. And I spent thirty thirty dollars, which is pretty, which is pretty good, I guess. Yeah, I mean for the whole thing for sure. But yeah. like I've been playing. I, I was really complaining. I went to the Discord to complain about this because I downloaded Doom and it took uh, six hours to yeah. download. And it made it made it so I could not watch videos or anything even. My computer, my like it internet can, was struggling yeah. so bad. And, and when it finished, I, and it, it said, download complete, installation complete. I was like, fuck yeah. 
and I started playing it, and it kicked me out of the game after two levels and said, content not yet installed. Okay. And I went, and it had only installed 30-whatever out of, like, 70. Is that a Bethesda? Yeah, Bethesda. Yeah, that's why. Bethesda, dude. That's all you gotta say. So I had to wait for the next day to be able to... Because it was going by, like, 0.2%. Yeah. And so I had to wait until the next day to play it. And I was so mad. It's like (laughs) Colin on the Discord was just trying to be helpful. was like, well, you just put it in rest mode and let it download then with a shrug emoji. And I was like, you "You fucking bitch. What else am I going to do? Yeah, I was like, it shouldn't have told me it was done. Yeah, it's bullshit. You'll all suffer. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for the email, Geoff. Uh, We appreciate it. Now, I'll give you Jeff. You're a good guy. You're Jeff. (laughs) Our next email is from Jack Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack. And it's entitled, hey Hey, uh. hey there, Trek boys. How's the apocalypse treating you? We already covered that. We already talked about it. I just have a very short and helpful tidbit for y'all and the rest of the listeners. Put on mm-hmm. tinfoil hat. Okay. If shit really hits the fan, don't worry about toilet paper. Don't worry about hand sanitizer. Instead, buy as much salt as you possibly can. It sure. preserves food and will become super valuable when society crumbles, but mostly because it <laughs> preserves food. This has been Doomsday Tips with Jackie Boy. Thanks as always, y'all. Commander Jack Carpenter, Sr., USS Virginia. Now people are going to hoard salt. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> yeah, you really, you really made me feel better, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, salt, you say. Also, hmm. you need to have food to preserve it, so fucking think yeah, about that shit. So, also food. <laughs> yeah, or humans. Yeah, or people. <laughs> Just let that sit for a second. Uh, thanks for that email. Our next email is from <laughs> thanks, Jack. Is from Poppy. Poppy, and it's entitled "Look, all's I'm saying is," and <laughs> inside it says, "Deep Space Nine really missed an opportunity to have a Halloween episode with Ghoul Ducat." <laughs> I agree, and that's the whole email. <laughs> I agree. He kind of is scary looking. You wouldn't have to do too much to him. Uh, uh, thanks cool for that email, cut. Poppy. <laughs> you could also have any gull be a ghoul. Yeah, Poppy, you should go as him for Halloween. That would be great. If you go like as any Star Trek character, character. Yeah, send us pictures. Awesome. Uh, our next email is from Colin Fulmer, and it's entitled, Fucking Space Shit. <laughs> Great title. Hey, Trek boys. It's your friendly neighborhood right. shut-in just enjoying some alone time during the apocalypse. It's not the apocalypse yet. Everybody fucking chin up. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're jumping the gun on the apocalypse here. Taking in some cheese and wheeze while watching cable. That's a fucking inside joke from the Discord that I cheese helped create. And wheeze? I don't know cheese and wheeze. There was like... We were playing a Jackbox game, and it gave it's like oh, nice. gives you a word that like you have to make up a definition for. And I don't okay. I don't remember the original word, but it was like a combi- a combination of uh, weed and macaroni and cheese was the answer. Uh-huh. And I called it cheese and wheeze. <laughs> and pretty good. Somebody else called it craft and waft. Craft and waft. So those both became ongoing jokes. That's the Canada word. <laughs> oh, that's the English version. The like, UK right? version. Craft and yeah. waft. Craft and waft. 
Yeah, cheese and wheeze was my creation. <laughs> yeah, that's America. Yeah, that's what we do here. Speaking of being totally isolated, have y'all seen that Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence flop, Passengers? Uh, no. no I have not seen that either. <laughs> this, the rest of this email is going to be real confusing. <laughs> I mean, it's not great, but it do make you think. What you, what would you do if you were alone on a spaceship with an obstinate AI overlord? Would you eat ice cream and drink bourbon? I'd drink ice cream and eat bourbon. <laughs> I see. Anyways, I see where you went. Anyways, space, 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 aliens, 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 cool stuff, Discord jokes. When did that movie come out? My mom was talking about that the other day, and I was I like, know. I don't even know what that movie is. And it's called Passengers? If I ever learned anything from previous movies with uh, obstinate AI overlords in space is mm. I would just do whatever it wanted me to do. Yeah, just get me out of this problem. <laughs> just take me back, and then you can take over the world. I've been watching Westworld. Oh, yeah? Because uh, the new season's out, and there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it worked out for Dave when he was fucking with uh, the computer Hal. with Hal, it worked out for him. Okay, he became a space baby. That's fine. Yeah, he was a space. Yeah, he turned into an omnipotent god. Yeah, he became or space. Baby. He already was one. Who knows? Um, but it didn't turn out great for the people. And I have no mouth, and I must scream. Yeah. Uh, the title tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work out good for them. <laughs> Um, did you know all that funny Discord just costs a dollar? It's so cool. Head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Sincerely yours, Lieutenant Junior Grade Colin Fulmer aboard the USS Funny Stinky. I'm going to transfer <laughs> nice ships for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny there, though, so that's good. But it is stinky. <laughs> what is this? What is it stinky like? Some stinkies are okay. <laughs> but all the time? Nah, yeah, you get tired of it. Like a like a Bed Bath and Beyond, or what's that that store with the soaps, uh, where they have all that cr- like hand lotion and shit. What was the name of that store in the nineties? They're in malls. Oh God! Oh, fuck! Fuck! I'll never be. What able was to the that. name of that? People are screaming it at us right now. Yeah. Probably. Fuck! Oh well. You go in and it would just stink like fucking hand lotion and shit. <laughs> I feel that way about, like, candle shops, where, like, you go in and you get, like, a waft of something good, but then you get, like, six wafts of some garbage as well. It's kind of like Starbucks is that way. Like, you're like, oh, coffee smells good, but then you're around it, and you're like, and then you go home, and you're bathing, and there's coffee coming out of your skin, (laughs) and you're like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Uh, On that note, an important (laughs) switcheroo, I think, Uh, our next email is from Desrath. And mm-hmm. it is entitled, Just Because You're Socially Distant Doesn't Mean You Can't Be Social. Okay. It begins, Trek Boys! Trek Boys! Just wanted to drop a line out there to anyone who's struggling with social isolation during self-isolation or shelter-in-place or lockdown or any of the other names for I have to stay home now because of the virus. Mm-hmm. I know money's going to be tight for a lot of people right now, but if you donate at least $1 a month to the M-Class Patreon, that's patreon.com slash podcast, or unitedfederationofpodcast.com, I forgot about Ooh, that, Yeah, you'll get access to the Trek Boy Discord server. Nice. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, this is just a shill. Every Patreon Discord server sucks, but you'd be wrong. 
You would be. During times like this, it's important to keep socializing so you don't go fucking nuts. The M-Class Discord is a bumping place, and people have been trying to keep streams and multiplayer games, especially Jackbox, running through this time to keep everyone socializing and help offset some of the boredom and anxiety. Yeah, every time I've checked in, they've been playing a game or streaming something. Yeah, I saw they were doing something the other night, and I was like, oh, that's fun. They were watching something. Yeah, they watched... Uh, I popped in and actually watched Futurama with Futurama, them. that's what it was, yeah. And uh, I played Jackbox with them once, and it was fucking uproariously fun. Jack, Jackbox is so fun. It's so yeah. fucking fun. And there's even better news. If you're already a patron, then you have access to the Discord server, even though you might not be active out there. Feel free to engage or just lurk. We try not to be scary, and a lot of us also have social anxiety, so we get it. Yep, true that. And if you're someone who has some extra money to burn, can I suggest you seek out a food-based charity? Food insecurity is bound to be worsened by this crisis, and anything you can give to help ensure folks don't have to struggle to find something to eat. If you're not used to finding good charities and are worried about what they actually do or if your money will be wasted slash stolen, you can check out charitynavigator.org or thereicontributed.com, which has been pointed to that now. Nice. <laughs> okay, bye now. Stay safe. Captain Desrath of the USS Lollipop G. Thank you, Desrath. That's that was very great. Nice. You took over yeah. our show for a minute, but it was yeah. for a good cause. Yeah, that's, that's great. Thank you. I didn't have to say any of those things. I really appreciate it. Um, it is just a dollar to get access to the Discord. I've been making... Uh, an effort to sort of pop in more often and uh, sort of like MC master of ceremony yeah. some conversations. Yeah. Um, everybody there is really fun and chill, and like I said, they're always doing something in there to sort of because mm-hmm. a lot of them are home with literally nothing to do, so they're yeah. chilling together and making the best of it. And I suggest, just like Desrath did, that you become a part, especially if you're already a patron. And you're not yeah. a part, now is the perfect time. Yeah, just jump on in. Thank you, Desrath. That was great. Yeah, that was great. Our uh, next email is... Oh my god, it's so long. Our next email is from <laughs> uh, Fedco. And Fredco. It is entitled, Petition to Rename the Crystalline Entity. Oh, good. It's, I love killing that in the STO. <laughs> it takes about Pennington. 13 seconds. Ensign Henderson. <laughs> Trek boys. With the conclusion of my sabbatical having proved concluded, (laughs) that's a great sentence. (laughs) With the conclusion of my sabbatical having been concluded, yes. I return once more seeking signatures supporting the approval of a change in how we refer to a resident of the vast eclectic universe in which many living things reside. Wow. Did you take redundancy in your sabbatical? (laughs) Today, I seek to grant a more fitting name to that which thus far has been given what can hardly be considered a satisfactory name, the crystalline Mm -hmm. entity. The first proper documentation, the first proper documented experience of the aforementioned entity took place on Stardate 41242.4 aboard the Federation Starship Enterprise under the leadership of Captain Jean-Luc Picard. A Stardate that will live in infamy. (laughs) It appears I remember it every day. I don't know yeah, about I mean, you guys. I mean. 
Its appearance calls to mind that of a snowflake if one were to take the patterns of its formation and extend them into the third dimension. I have included images for those unfamiliar with its appearance as seen below in figures A and B, which no one will ever be able to see. They can see them on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) My most challenging endeavor yet, this entity was so utterly dissimilar to anything I have known or may ever know. Truly, it is just as unique as the snowflakes it is structurally similar to. But we must look beyond its appearance, instead drawing upon its function to determine a more fitting name. Possibly the most defining characteristic of the entity, aside from its appearance, is its behavior. Converting organic matter into electromagnetic energy, typically doing so on a planetary scale. It needs for this, its needs for this energy could be described as ravenous, and its consumption mm-hmm. of energy in this fashion was calamitous. Okay. I'm realizing that this voice sounds quite similar to the cone, like Dan Aykroyd's Conehead character. Yeah, I didn't think that, but okay. <laughs> That's fine. I can see. I can see maybe a little bit. It is unfortunate that we do not know more about this entity, and we'll have to have another chance to learn more due to its untimely destruction on Stardate 45129.2 due to the emotionally motivated actions of one discredited Dr. Myla- Kyla Marr. Data's mom. As my former Vulcan classmate, Tapon, of Tapon's radio program, aboard the USS Tapon's radio program, uh-huh. was quite eager to note as we discussed the history of the entity, this would not have happened if a Vulcan had been in her place. That's racist. Racism. Okay. Cool. Straight up racism. <laughs> Love that in my emails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it is from the Vulcan lexicon that I once again draw in order to construct the name of this creature. The Kusha Kiv Tau. Which okay, draws from the mean? word katal, devour, hakiv, life, and kush, crystal. Kush, Meaning good. sweet weed. <laughs> the dub-dub. <laughs> this name conveys more than just appearance. It serves the important function of conveying what one should expect from the entity as well. It is expected that this name is sufficiently logical. Your signatures of approval are expected and appreciated. Signed, expected. Science Officer Fedco. He expects us to sign off on this. All right. I mean, we've literally I don't never care. signed off on any of these. So I mean, yeah. I don't. I mean, I, it's fine. I think I don't care if you call it that. Sure, it's not that anymore. You know what? I, I would find call it strange. Snowy Joe. Snowy Joe. It's what it's called now. I signed Snowy Joe. I signed yeah. off on it. Signed it. That's it. Uh, here's what I find confusing about Science Officer Fedco. Yeah, uh, he is sending his uh, scientific requests his decrees for lexicon yeah. changes to, to two losers to two ensigns who've yeah. been sent to a satellite in the middle of nowhere because we got court-martialed one too many times yeah we got antarctica <laughs> we got sent straight to siberia yeah. we got siberia so i mean i guess though i mean, I mean if you want two completely discredited starfleet officers to sign off on it we will sure. we're your guys <laughs> Uh, do you realize how simple it would be for some alien entity to like replace us with somebody and no one would even check on it? They could just make like a program that's like they could just make hollow uses. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would know. God, what if one of us is already a hollow programmer, a fucking alien entity? Corn clog in port seven. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be you, Josh. You're too funny. <laughs> Thanks for the email, Fedco. <laughs> Uh-huh. Science Officer Fedco, excuse sorry. me. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Excuse me. Our next uh, email is from Pizza Man. 
<laughs> Pizza Man. And it is entitled Funny Subject Line Joke. And in parentheses, please laugh. Okay. <laughs> Ahoy hoy, me hearties. <laughs> Do you think Starfleet has any space shanties? What is your favorite space shanty? Mine is blow the green hand down. Okay, bye. Signed, Cabin Boy good. Pizza Man aboard the USS Doo. <laughs> oh, no. The theremin. He said, it's that whistle before a captain makes a command. So it's like, Doo. Yeah. Uh, mine is, we're whalers on the moon. We carry a harpoon, but there ain't no whales. So we tell tall tales and sing, sing our whaling tune. tune. That is the great one. Well, Picard, when Picard gets replaced by the alien pretending to be Picard, he sings a song that they all sang at the Academy. Yeah, he does. So I forget what it is. I don't though. remember. I think they still have like the same sea shanties. Probably just old-timey uh, ones. 15 men on a dead Romulan's chest is a good one. Yo-ho-ho yo, and a bottle of uh, Saurian brandy. Saurian brandy. It's the closest thing to rum. Romulan rum. 15 men on a dead Gorn's chest. It's a Gorn. <laughs> it's a Gorn. Yo, uh, I don't know a lot of shanties. I'm not like big into shanties. I've never, I haven't done too many shanties in my life. I gotta say, <laughs> my, sh- my shanty times haven't come yet. Maybe soon. Maybe, maybe week two of this, I'll start looking into shanties. One day we'll just all be shantying, and there'll be no. Yeah. That's how we get through this shanties. Our next email. You know what? I'll read it. Why not? We've got some time okay. before we gotta hop into the um, War and Peace novel that yeah. uh, Rich Masters has written us this week. Yeah. Uh, it is from Yakub, and it is entitled, Are You Stuck at Home? Do You Have Nothing to Wipe With? <laughs> Try M-Class Discord. <laughs> <laughs> On the M-Class Discord, the discussions never end. Because most of us are social distancing and or quarantine, we've been streaming more video games and chatting on the voice channels. To get access to the Discord, join the Patreon today for $1 a month at patreon.com slash podcast. The wiping thing was just bait, but you can't say it wasn't worth it. <laughs> It was it was good bait. That's bait. That's that gift from that movie, Fury Road. That's bait. That's bait. Uh, I finished Voyager. Spoilers below, so listeners beware. Okay. A couple observations I wish to share. Neelix is a better character in episodes when he interacts with children, especially Naomi Wildman. It's probably yeah. because he is a giant Muppet. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a mom. Yeah. But- He's, he's like, you know, he's like Barney. You wouldn't want Barney on Star Trek, <laughs> or would you? Mm, good question. <laughs> the answer for me is no. I, I wouldn't. I don't understand why Paris becomes a nurse slash medic after Cass leaves. The show would benefit from a wider cast of minor characters. Yeah, they could add like a nurse Agawa type character yeah. or something. I, yeah, I don't know why they make him. I'm, who knows? There are Maybe other he, people on the ship, is the thing. And like, I'm I'm supposed yeah. to be led to believe that there are so few higher ranking officers left on the ship. Like all these background characters are ensigns, so that yeah, fucking just Harry Kim eat. gets to be yeah. a bridge officer. You just promote them. Promote somebody. There now, you're a lieutenant now. Yeah. Like, that's what you would do. That's exactly Field what you promotions. would do. Field promotions. Yeah. You just get promoted. It's, uh, there should be a wider, like, a lot of the characters, really, with how few characters are on board Voyager, 
Like yeah. they have a crew of less than a hundred people. Right. Almost there should be like 20, 30 characters who we know their name and they appear more often than once. Yeah, they just rotate through more. Yeah. 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 And there should, like, there should at least be five or six characters who are like secondary or tertiary char- tertiary yeah. characters. Yeah, like the nurse, like make a yeah, make like a nurse somebody, yeah, somebody a nurse and then they're just there and like then you can have them talk to the doctor and then see where that goes. It's like a, another branch in the story, right? You like, have to pay an actor for that though. You would. And that's yeah, that's a problem. The series does have a plethora of good medical drama type episodes. Yes, that's definitely something I want to watch right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Voyager is strong in medical drama episodes because the Doctor is one of the few good characters on the show. Yeah, yeah. So you look forward to medical drama type episodes because it'll yeah, they focus use on them him better, right? Uh, there's a lot of sex pestery going around, especially after Seven joins the crew. I don't look forward to more of that in Enterprise. Sex pestery. Like, they, they're pestering her for sex? Yeah, like, a sex pest is some dude who's, like, all up a lady's butt, like, metaphorically, yeah, trying to get all a, up a lady's butt They only do that in Enterprise, I don't think. Not really. There's a lot of, like, super haunt episodes in Enterprise, but nobody's being a sex... Well... I mean, they don't really bother to Paul, because, like, they don't really like her. No. So they're sort of just, like... I mean, uh, Malcolm does say, like, she has a nice butt at one point, but, like... I don't think that that's, like, too egregious. I don't know. But, you know. No, I don't think it's the same level as Voyager. Yeah, I don't think it's the same. Yeah. Um, the Maquis plots creep up on you at the end, and there's never a satisfying resolution. Even down to the details, the Maquis crew members wear the rank insignia instead of Starfleets. Yeah, they wear, like, their <clears throat> weird Maquis rank. I think I that's think. stupid. Yeah, the whole Maquis thing sort of like was like a really good idea on paper. Yeah, and I then mean, they, you could have had like a really great ongoing conflict, but they just don't. Yeah, they just, which is also kind of good too, though, because like I would get so sick and tired of that. Con- I'd be like, who cares? Yeah, you know, that's true. I don't know. You'd have to find a balance, really. Yeah, there'd have um, to be some kind of like event that made that stop at some point. Uh, like maybe Chakotay dies or something. Who knows, right? Chicote dies and they replace him with an actor that has charisma. Um, anytime <laughs> the Alpha and Beta Quadrant races show up, the quality of the episode bumps, bumps up half a grade. Uh, Voyager has a problem where its aliens don't matter and no one cares about them. So No one cares about them, yeah. Because they're never going to see, see them again. When we see like Klingon show up or Ferengi show up, we're like, oh, I care about these races. Like when those Ferengi show up who get lost in that wormhole episode. <laughs> yeah, that was some great fucking continuity connecting. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. This show has three characters with genuine arcs. The Doctor, Seven of Nine, and Reginald Barkley. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's only in it for, like, four episodes. Yeah, that's a spoiler that Barkley becomes, like, the linchpin of the last season, basically. Yeah. He's I like love the, Barkley. Yeah, but no one believes him. He's the Barkley who cried wolf. <laughs> yeah, whatever you're doing in your holodeck porn, it's not real. <laughs> I will probably not revisit the series if it doesn't pop up in collections, but I will still take it over whatever's happening in the modern track. But that's a story for another email. (laughs) Sorry for not writing recently. I was super busy moving to another country before any quarantine and border closures. I'm not a criminal. 
Uh, Where does he live? Where does he live now? He lives in Sweden now. Oh, sweet. Sweden. Ha! <laughs> I hear Sweden's pretty nice. I wouldn't mind living in Sweden. I hear it's pretty neutral. <laughs> what makes a man turn so neutral? <laughs> tell my wife i said hello hello <laughs> i can't wait to reach out and meet the swedish trek boys once this whole covid thing is settled down are there swedish trek boys i think so I hopefully so. yours replicating jokes the egh the emergency yakub hologram nice of the Ferenginar <laughs> comedy club <laughs> Ooh, that's a that's a good one have you ever noticed that Tom Paris drives a shuttle like this and Miles O'Brien drives a shuttle like this? Be sure to tip it's the so Dabo girls. It's so true. He, he says the things that I think. <laughs> it is a great reference. A slam, a fucking shot by Yakub and a slam dunk by Josh. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> our next email and our last email of the evening. Actually, no, we're going to do one more real quick. Our next email is from AJ, and it's really short, and it's called Vidyagrames. Okay. Hey, Jeff and Josh. Just wanted to ask for a quick video game recommendation for being stuck in your house. I typically like turn-based stuff in RPGs, but I'll try anything once. Thanks, AJ. KOTOR. Play both KOTORs. Play them KOTORs. That's my recommendation, and you can never play them too much. Super Mario RPG! Ooh, that's a good one too. Play that shit. Play um, Final Fantasy Nine. Fucking love Final Fantasy Nine. Nine, yeah, nine. Um, <laughs> at a certain point, you're like, which one is that? But uh, yeah, eight's the eight's the Star Wars one. Yeah, right? nine is the one that like goes back to being a fantasy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you play as like a Goku. Yes, um, I might want to play a. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Five. Final Fantasy uh, Five. Dra- Dragon Quest. Five. Dragon Quest Five. Yeah, the one that the movie's based on. Yeah, I'd like to play it. The movie kind of made me want to play it. So. Yeah. Um, I love Final Fantasy Four a lot. I know that's like mm-hmm. a divisive ass opinion. Wait, is that six? Um, or is two six? S- three is six. Three is six. Okay, I forget. Final I Fantasy forget. Four is the one where you play as a Dark Knight and then you become a Paladin later. Yeah, you're Batman. Yeah, you play as the Dark Knight, and you hit your villains with your batarangs. And you live long enough to become a paladin. That's just where they got that famous line. <laughs> Thanks, Final Fantasy IV. Yeah. Um, Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron is my favorite Ooh, turn-based RPG. That'll, that'll, <laughs> yeah, it's a turn-based RPG. Yeah, that'll, that'll game will make you want to like punch somebody, though. It's true. I've been it playing hard. a lot of Mega Man lately. It's not a turn-based RPG at all, but, like, well, actually... You should play Mega Man Battle Network. It's like a spinoff that takes place like it's not robots. They're like computer programs. Okay. And it takes place in a world where like terrorists use computer programs to like do horrible shit. And you play like a hero who has like Mega Man as your program. Oh, that's cool. That's and, interesting. I didn't. I never knew this. And like you use, uh, you have like your standard regular attacks, but you collect battle chips that you can use to use special attacks in, oh, right. in the game. And it's like a turn-based combat game. Sweet. It's pretty dope. It's a fun series. Uh, it gets it gets a little deep at certain points. There's a spoiler about what Mega Man actually is that'll make you be like, "Damn, that's sad." I mean, what is actually anybody really it's is? It's true, and it does make you sad. <laughs> <laughs> it does me. I know that. Um, 
I didn't name a single modern RPG. I'm sorry. There aren't a lot of turn-based RPGs KOTOR. anymore. Just play KOTOR, dude. It's so fucking good. KOTOR I mean, is fucking not great. It. You should. It's so good. It's the best video game ever made. I'll um, stand by that. <laughs> thanks for that email, AJ. Hopefully one of those satiates the dark hunger within you. <laughs> Our last email of the evening is, of course, from Rich Masters, the next installment of Picard fake alternate season whatever you want to call it yeah Should've rich masters real ass picard story that i only recognize as canon <laughs> he should have gave me a name to call it because i call it different things every fucking time it is entitled picard episode eight mm. self-isolating boys of trek in these days of literal world falling apart let's get more dark with this latest installment of alternate star trek picard oh good I ran super late on this. Look at the time here, Jeff. Oh, man, he sent this an hour ago. Wow. (laughs) If you'll notice, my usual littered jokes are largely absent this week because I've been super stressed about getting this done on time due to the stupid quarantine messing up every facet of humanity. Anyway, let's get down to business. I would say don't stress about sending us a story. Yeah, if if you (laughs) don't make it, you don't make it, man. It's fine. It's okay. We're not, we're yeah. not going to care. This is not a life or death situation on no. our jokey-ass no. Star Trek podcast. Yeah, yeah. Previously on Star Trek Picard, the crew arrived at the location of the last Borg cube, only to find a village of ex-Borg worshipping a Borg vaniculum and swearing allegiance to Locutus. As Picard touched the vaniculum, Dodge touched him, and the two of him somehow activated it, not only waking flashes of memory in them, but reopening the Borg transwarp conduit. Hmm. Beta sacrifices her life to ascertain Lore's plan, number one helping to stop the android's escape. Before she dies, Beta transfers all Admiral Graham's information, along with what Lore downloaded from the vaniculum, to Seven of Nine. Will they finally uncover who or what Dodge is? Lore's manipulations finally went out, and Dodge loses faith in Picard, stealing a shuttle and leaving the ship. On the Titan, Captains Riker, Data, and Tavir rush to warn Picard of the imminent Borg invasion before the transwarp conduit spits out ten Borg cubes to block their path. Oh, that's right. And now, the continuation... Where is she? Hugh demands of Lore's inert body as Seven works to repair the android's spine, which was bitten in half by number one. Nice. Jesus. The incapac- That's a strong-ass dog. Yeah, that's a pit bull. The incapacitated Lore laughs and glitches and spitting static, explaining that he has absolutely no idea where the girl is. Did Hugh lose her? <laughs> Hugh angrily cracks Lore across the face with his fist. The hit misaligns the vertebrae Seven is working on and deactivates Lore, prompting Seven to sigh. That isn't helping. (laughs) It helped me, Hugh explains. Yeah, I was going to say, it does help. I knew this monster doesn't feel pain. Seven explains that she meant hitting him wasn't helping her fix Lore's spine. (laughs) Hugh apologizes and asks if she's had time to process the information passed from Beta before she died. Seven confirms that she has, but that she needs to talk to Picard first. Hugh is initially affronted, but nods and asks where the Admiral is. Down on the surface, explains Seven, getting the answers to some questions. Hugh glares at the deactivated android and tells her that to have any hope of finding Dodge, they need to get their own answers. However they can. Seven nods glumly. 
They're going to torture him? Jesus. Yeah, torture this dude. Uh-huh. Uh, Dodge comes out from under a panel in the engineering section of her shuttle. She asks the computer to reinitialize the impulse engines, but the computer confirms that the engines have already been pushed far beyond capacity. Do yeah, it. yeah, I know. Hish's Dodge. You told me a hundred times, you damn machine. You can't have a little girl say damn. That's so, it's curse words. Those are curse bad words. Those are bad. She's going to go to hell. Going to go double hack. She concedes, setting down a hyperspanner and asking the computer to encode a frequency for a subspace transmission. The computer asks which communications frequencies it should use. Any except Starfleet, Dodge says. Whoops. She sends a distress message out into the void, only to be greeted with an almost immediate response. What? Shuttle Cestus, your distress call has been received. We will rendezvous with your coordinates in three hours, the voice states. Dodge relaxes into her chair, relieved. Thank you, thank you. What ship am I addressing? On the rescue ship, an assimilated hand hits a button on the con to set a course. This is the Salea. We're happy to assist. What? Title, Cliff Edge. Nice title. Picard sits in the square of the Borg village, looking up at the Borg viniculum, its multiple facets distorting Picard's reflection. Rafi's hand at his shoulder doesn't even startle him. JL, they're calling for you. Picard stands, readjusts his shirt in a way that we all listening know the way he readjusts Picard it. Maneuver. Picard maneuver. <laughs> you want me to come with you, she asks? No, Picard says. But you need to, just in case the person who hears the account isn't the same one who recounts it to you afterwards. The pair makes their way through the village and walk into a clearing in the jungle. A female You're Borg. In the jungle, baby. You're gonna, <laughs> You're gonna die. die. A female Borg sits in front of a line of Borg children, gesturing but saying nothing. The children laugh silently as one, but stop as soon as they see Picard and Rafi, their eyes widening. They stand together, Whoa. then file out of the clearing one by one. The woman turns to Picard, gestures him to come and sit down. Please, Picard asks, rubbing at his temple. Can you talk aloud? I want my friend here to hear what we have to discuss. Yeah. The Borg raises an eyebrow, not fully understanding, but she nods. The Borg explains that she is one of 45,000, leader of this enclave after Locutus put her in charge ten years ago. Their cube had crashed on the planet, and the drones were lost, alone, near death. Locutus gave them focus, purpose, told them that there was an alternative to chaos. There could be a new, better Borg. All they had to do is be patient and guard the vaniculum with their lives. But it has been deteriorating ever since they crashed. Picard asks how long Locutus stayed here. Four months, she responds. What? Locutus told the villagers to kill anyone who came to find them. Picard pretends to be Locutus and orders her to destroy the vaniculum. She seems astonished, but agrees. Picard and Rafi beam back to the Stargazer, the Admiral stepping off the transporter pad mid-rant. He refuses to accept the story. That's Rafi- pretty good. <laughs> Rafi asks if he can recall the missing time, but the Admiral can't. He looks at Rafi despairingly. What else has he done? What else has he taken, Rafi? I touched that vaniculum and I saw jumbled images, but the feeling was rage. Incandescent rage. He asks her to confine him to the brig, and even though she protests, he puts her in command of the ship and transports there. He couldn't fucking walk? (laughs) 
Captain Riker issues the order to warp, the Titan turning as it prepares to escape the Borg fleet when a tractor beam grabs the ship and holds no. it in place. My husband, Captain Riker. <laughs> My husband in the future. Data tells Will, again, first name basis, the Borg cube is, halt- is hailing the Titan. Riker orders engineering to accelerate a warp core breach. Let's answer the hail, says Riker. Data, plot a course for the middle of the Borg fleet. Maximum warp. We'll take as many of them with us as we can. Jeez. As the transmission pops onto the view screen, the crew are greeted by Lieutenant Commander Icheb, formerly of Starfleet. Yeah. Captain Riker. From Voyager. Sorry for the scare. The cooperative fleet are here to render assistance. Full disclosure, Josh did predict my fake-out cliffhanger last episode, so pat on the head, stroke under the chin, biscuit for being a good boy. I am the best at knowing things. <laughs> uh, I, uh, the, the guy who played Echeb wanted to play him on Picard, and they just replaced him. And oh. there was like a, a movement to like justice for Echeb or whatever that died yeah. really quickly because he's got a really cool name because everybody uh, found out that he's like a right wing piece of shit oh uh, yeah Z- I was gonna say Zane's parents knew him because he tried out for one of their shows or something like he's been he's posting a- nothing but like fucking like you snowflakes need to fucking get over it forever oh interesting yeah so it's a, I wonder why they replaced him yeah I guess that's why <laughs> On the Saleya, Dodge is beamed aboard against her will, confronted by the partially assimilated Admiral Graham. Dodge's fury becomes fear as she confronts the woman who has been chasing her, the woman who made her parents disappear. When Graham opens her mouth, it's not her voice that she speaks with. You don't need to be afraid. Our slaver is now the slave. Graham walks Dodge to engineering, each Borg, Soong, Starfleet hybrid stepping out of her way and bowing slightly. When they get to engineering, it has been converted to match a Borg interior, but sleeker, more efficient, more sterile looking. As if Data designed it. Yeah. Progeny stands waiting for her. Welcome home, he says. Lore's eyes blink open. He's been repaired, and Seven crawls out from under the bio bed and raises it to the stasis-held lore as vertical. Have fun. She throws Hugh the spanner she's been working with, then holds up a finger to him but not too much. Torture time. When she's gone, Hugh puts down the spanner and pulls a scalpel from Seven's toolkit. Whoops. <laughs> oh, spare me the good Borg, bad Borg routine, scoffs Lore. Why would she repair me if you're going to do any real damage? You can't hurt me. Hugh smirks. Seven has no idea what I'm planning or just how much I hate you. And who says I'm planning to damage you permanently? He slices a panel from Lore's arm and locates his emotion chip. Nice. Strong links between emotion and sensation, Hugh says idly as he works. For example, if I turn your fear response to its highest setting, then do this. He twists the scalpel into Lore's palm, and Lore screams in pain. Simple cause <laughs> and effect. Wow. This is dark. Awesome. This is great. This is dark. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. On the Titan, Icheb sets with Captain Riker, Tavir, and Data in the briefing room. Riker asks where the cooperative fleet have been. They've been missing for more than two years, and if Seven and Hugh are with them. Icheb confirms that it was Picard himself that sent the fleet into the Delta Quadrant to prepare for potential Borg evasion. But there was nothing out there. Riker sighs. Another wild goose chase. 
Data mm-hmm. explains to Tavir that Riker's analogy has nothing to do with pursuit nice. of feral waterfowl. Nice. Tavir data. raises an eyebrow and nods. I'm shipping these two as a future couple. Is it working? <laughs> <laughs> um, Icheb says that they hadn't suspected something was wrong. They could have missed the large board. If they hadn't suspected something was wrong, they could have missed the large Borg fleet on long range sensors. And Riker agrees. They had the same thought. Tavir sums up what they're all thinking. Picard has, for whatever reason, either been manipulated by the Borg or the Admiral sent us away to allow the Borg to come into the quadrant undetected. Data finishes. Shit. Riker asks why the transwarp conduit had suddenly become functional again, and Itsheb says that he has noted a specific Borg frequency growing in strength. Yesterday, the signal grew incredibly strong for the fraction of a second and repaired some of the network. Itsheb has pinpointed it to the Parabas sector. Riker says that's far too many markers pointing towards Parabas, and their ship convoy sets course for the sector. Nice. Rafi is on the bridge, watching Jean-Luc pace back and forth behind a force field through a monitor. Number one hobbles over in the in his cast and whines at Rafi. Puppy. I know, Mutt. I know. But it's for his own good. Rafi stares at the dog, an idea coming to her. Actually, maybe you could earn your keep for once. Damn, he just killed Lord. Dude. Yeah, that's super earning his keep. Yeah. Don't be mean to the that? dog. Nobody. <laughs> Q walks around the back of Lore and turns him on. Well, I'm not deleting that now. <laughs> Lore blinks back to life and stares down to his hands and arms, where Hugh has stripped flesh off the android. This is cool. What have you done, Lore says, horrified. Hugh tells Lore he must have passed out, then admits this is only phase one, that he'll reduce Lore to diodes for the information he needs. Damn. With a grim, sad chuckle, Lore laments that he must have had an impact on Hugh all those years ago. Lore admits there's no need for the torture, that Seven knows everything he does, that his machinations have failed. They've all lost. Hugh's taken aback. You are afraid, but not of me. Hugh looks up, genuinely frightened. Uh Oh. Shit. What is happening? Seven enters the brig to speak to Picard. She has news to share of Dodge. She's been checking, cross-checking, to make sure the information from Beta, the information from Admiral Graham's files, is true. Picard interrupts her, explaining that he doesn't want to hear it, not until he can be sure Locutus isn't listening, too. He asks her if she's found a way to remove the Borg nanites in him for good. Computer, transport Admiral Picard to sickbay. Quarantine conditions red. Then transport me to Med Station 1, seven orders. Picard rematerializes next to what looks like an MRI machine behind a force field. Number one sits on the other side of the force field, whining to be with his master. Picard looks at his pet and reassures him. I won't bore you with the science. Fundamentally, it's a focused electromagnet, Seven says. It can destroy every piece of Borg architecture inside your brain. Also might destroy your brain. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Picard orders her to commence, laying down in the machine as she explains that because of the location of the nanites, the treatment could cause very serious brain damage. See? I thought that Wolf 359 was as bad as it could get, being used as a conscious weapon for the annihilation of 11,000 people. But this? Who knows what Locutus has been doing since that day? Did he only give me back control so he could lie in wait some wolf at my door? Picard says. 
This is a horror I'm not even a witness to. I'm surrounded by lines I dare not cross. Cliff edges I find my feet perched atop. I will not stand idle any longer. Either he wins or I do. Locutus must die. Damn. Seven removes the force field and lays a hand upon Picard's shoulder. I understand. Number one watches. Hmm. On the Soleil, I bet he makes that noise, too. He goes, Ruh-ro, <laughs> He better talk eventually, is all I'm saying. Yeah, um, that's all I'm saying. On the Soleil, a protesting Dodge is placed into an empty chamber in engineering, a chamber that looks very much like a Borg viniculum. Progeny asks what she remembers of her parents. Dodge tells him she won't play his games, that she knows he's just trying to confuse her, just like Graham, like Picard, like Lore. Progeny brings up two files on the computer, a female and a male, both Starfleet intelligence officers. Tahira mm-hmm. and George Asha, at mm-hmm. least you, as you know them. Their real names are Indira Senyal and Aiden Costas. They were assigned to you ten years ago, their little child project. What? Dodge looks to Admiral Graham and begs her to say it isn't true. Graham looks away from the girl's gaze, but Progeny forces her head up with a gesture. No, you will look at her and you will answer. It's true, mutters Graham. Your Progeny commands Graham to die. The Admiral simply collapses, one last look what? on her plans failing so utterly. Fuck you, Graham. Fucking Admiral Graham dies with a gesture. Shit. Hugh sits by Lore, who is shaken. Dodge is so much more than you know, much more than you can ever comprehend. I wasn't planning on taking her. I was planning on destroying her, Lore explains. Uh-oh. When Hugh asks why, Lore shakes his head. She's the end of everything that has been standing in the way of the Borg for millennia. Resistance. Shit. Progeny shuts the door of the viniculum, trapping the weeping Dodge inside. When she asks if she, uh, if she is what she's feared all along, the Borg Queen, Progeny smiles. When Admiral Janeway destroyed the transwarp conduit, she weakened the chains that held the collective together. Viniculums alone cannot link a collective of millions. Connecting drones inside a cube and in turn across the entire Borg fleet, it was impossible. The Queen, however was not an idiot. She was the assembled intelligence of every assimilated individual. She posited that the answer could be found in the Borg's primary ethos, biology and technology working as one. Each drone is a neuron emitting a very specific frequency to its neighbor, all those signals firing to the next cube like messages across invisible synapses. The drones themselves would carry and amplify the messages, creating their own subspace biological network, a new way to assimilate anyone caught in its net. But with that, the Collective would need a very special type of viniculum, one that the Queen was so close to finishing before so many Borg were destroyed by Voyager. Whoa. Dodge looks up in horror. A biological one. That's her. Progeny smiles. So after the network collapsed, Laura Graham thought it was wise to strike, scouring cubes for information before destroying them. Then she came across files relating to you, a reliquary for a new network. The Queen, Locutus, the complete history of the Borg, and one of the living, breathing backups that had been placed throughout the galaxy. (laughs) And so, 
greedily. She made you to be a weapon to wipe out that which she feared most, not knowing you were key to a much grander plan. You are no Borg queen. You are her daughter, at least in a biological sense. Yeah. Dodge asks who the father is, to which Progeny answers, Who else? One of the drones presses a comm panel, and Dodge's screams become the hum of the vaniculum, which pulses as it activates. What? It's Picard. It's Locutus. It's Locutus. Seven reaches across Picard to activate the treatment, only to stop at number one's low growl. As she pulls her hand away, Picard has turned gray-tinged, his eyes almost vacant. He grabs Seven by the neck and lifts her high above him. Damn. You dare, he says coldly before throwing her to the ground. You who shunned perfection, all those who have rejected us will see the cost of their disobedience. We'll watch everything and everyone they ever loved taken into our collective and then be denied the same privilege with a few temporary exceptions. He glares at number one, calls him an insignificant life form, then leaves. What? Number one. That's mean. How dare he? You dare? You dare. You dare. Number one goes over to seven and nudges her unconscious body. As the ship suddenly suffers power loss, Rafi comes into the room. As Hugh asks her what's wrong, she pulls a phaser out and stuns him, then waits. Hugh look, look, uh, Lore looks more terrified than ever as Picard enters the room. Picard frees Lore, and Lore kneels before him. I did everything you asked, Locutus. No. I confirmed the girl's status and sent her away. I let Graham use me as the template for her experiments, thinking I was Data. I readied my progeny for you to assimilate. Locutus only blinks. There will be a new era for the Borg, a significant advancement in our evolution. You have done well. Will I get what I asked for, Lore Stammers? Yes. You and your brother will go unharmed. Oh, he loves Data. The three head towards the transporter room. Lore lingers slightly behind, his teeth gritting at Locutus's obvious lie. On the Titan, Riker and Tavir go vacant, and Data twitches, sensing a frequency change. He quickly orders the computer to override the Borg frequency as the other captains start to attack him and Echeb. What the hell was that, Riker demands before his face is illuminated in the observation window. In turn, each of the cooperative cubes self-destruct. Whoa. Will gives the order to get the Titan to a safe distance, just as she's caught in a blast wave. This is crazy. Locutus's head tilts. They are here. Let us beam across. Rafi and Locutus stand on the pad as Lore activates the transporter. But it's a trap. And as Locutus is overcome with pain, Lore attempts to scatter the transporter stream in order to kill Locutus. Rafi shoots the control panel, and the gasping Locutus orders her to kill the android as he beams across to the waiting ship. Number one rushes into the room and pins Rafi to the floor. Lore easily disarming her. War makes for such strange bedfellows, he says. (laughs) Number one snarls at the android. Locutus arrives in the Silea's engineering section, and when Progeny notices, he kneels before Locutus. The other Soong Borg follow suit. 
my king, Locutus, he says. Locutus walks over to the Viniculum. Dodge still screaming inside. No, not Locutus, not king, not queen. More, both, all. I Whoa. am Borg. Damn. To be com- to be concluded in two parts over the next two episodes. So I suppose Holy to be shit. continued. Holy shit. Fuck. All right. That's a lot. Everything That's- is falling apart. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. That was great. Oh, man. I can't Fucking wait Picard's to see. Picard's the bad guy. I don't, I don't know how to feel. I don't know. Everything's He's like assimilated crazy. again. Hopefully he can he can get out of this shit. How's he gonna get out of this? How's, one? how's Picard gonna get out of this one? Find out next on the TGIF block. <laughs> and stay tuned afterward for Urkel. <laughs> how's Urkel gonna get out of being a Borg? <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that. Oh my god, yeah. Two parts to go. A two-parter, if you will. I hope you enjoyed my crazy tales this week. CBS is free for a month, so maybe you could do a comparison watch. Stay home, yeah. stay safe, eat carbs. Rich, yeah. sitting in space dock on the USS homebound with a screaming toddler who I somehow haven't killed yet. <laughs> I mean, don't don't do that. But R- Rich I mean. is like the most honest dad I've ever met yeah. in my life. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, some dads are like, no, it's not that bad. And then some dads are like, I'm going to murder yeah. this person. Rich, Rich will straight up be like, yeah, sometimes it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he adopted, too, so he's he's double doing the right thing. Up yeah, in here. yeah. Rich is a good dude, a great writer, and he's given us a Picard that no other Picard will ever live up to. Yeah, it won't ever live up to it. This, right. this is dark and action-packed without being senseless and brainless. Yeah. yeah. Saved it all for the right time. It's This is great. It's, it's so good. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, Rich, you don't have to make sure your stuff is in. I, I usually, like, message you before, like, the night beforehand, and I'm like, get on it, motherfucker. But I am joking. <laughs> yeah. We don't really care if no. it's not done. If it's not it's done, done, we'll just read it next time, and yeah, we'll enjoy it just as much. Maybe even Do more because we had to wait longer. Yeah, like edging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Star Trek edging. That's the new Star Trek. Shredging. Star Trek. Shredging. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rich. Like, we fucking love you writing. This show is half your show now, and we just exist to bring it to the public. So thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. If you want to be part of the Rich Masters show... You can send in an email to mclassemail at gmail.com. Well, we might answer it on the air. We might not. I make no promises. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We try to get them all, but, you know, sometimes we miss a few. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast, where we talk about Star Trek and post about all the cool things we're doing, Star Trek related, and do some mm-hmm. fun retweets. And uh, you can follow us individually if you don't like Star Trek, I guess. What the fuck are you doing listening to this? Yeah, why, why are you doing that? Why you do that? Why you do that, though? Why you do that? Do you have anything you want to say to the audience, Josh? Uh, just thank you, and uh, everyone keep safe, I guess, and try not to go crazy. Keep on trekking. Uh, keep on trekking. <laughs> keep Live on space trekking. 
keep on space trekking and it's like got that guy with the foot like what's yeah. the keep on <laughs> the grateful big dead. keep on trekking thing for the grateful yeah. dead yeah the grateful dead yeah except That's he's it. in a starfleet uniform yeah and he's got bell bottoms <laughs> so he's in a tos uniform yeah yeah <laughs> Just thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to our show and just being yeah. a part of it all. Like, thank you to everybody on the Discord for advertising it for us and also just yeah. being a bunch of cool folks. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back in another week with more M-Class one way or another. We're, we're here to keep you through everything and anything. Yeah, we'll keep doing them. Because we love them. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.